This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. You know that over the years, we have talked many times about the college recruiting game on this show. And the truth is, for, for millions of sports parents all over the country, after they've committed thousands of dollars and thousands of hours to help their son or daughter become proficient at a particular sport, they are now hoping and praying that when their youngster is ready to be recruited to play sports in college, that they will find the absolute right match for their youngster in terms of sports, academics, and social needs. Now, we all know this process is not an easy one. And if your kid is an athlete, chances are they're going to come to a college program with great hopes and great pride in terms of playing sports there. Now, sure, of course, they know it's going to be competitive, but for too many kids, they also assume that playing varsity sports in college is, in so many ways, just the next step or an extension of what it was in high school. But the sad reality is that for huge numbers of freshmen in college, their hopes are going to be derailed and dashed when they arrive on campus and show up for that first week of practice. In fact, according to the NCAA, the percentage of negative recruiting outcomes, well, the numbers are just staggering. And if a youngster discovers that he or she is not destined to be a starter, or even worse, not even make the team, you can just imagine this is just a crushing blow to their ego and to their parents as well. So what's plan B? Well, then kids start talking about transferring to another college. Or in some cases, they just flat out quit their sport. The bottom line, it's all a a very, very difficult, hard, and and sudden shock to all concerned. That's why on this morning's show, I'm eager to introduce you to my guest, George White. Now, George is a former college athlete himself at Harvard, coached basketball at all levels of, of college, as well as a head and assistant coach. But knowing both sides of the recruiting wars, Several years ago, George extended his passion for helping student-athletes by, by starting a company called Recruit U. Now, Recruit U, which is spelled, by the way, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-U, the letter U, his firm provides the expertise of college-level coaches and really state-of-the-art technology to enable high school athletes and their parents to identify and to pinpoint and connect with their ideal matching colleges in the so-called recruiting process. And, and George, first of all, thanks for, for spending some time with me this morning on, on this very important topic. Uh, it's great to be with you, Rick, and uh, appreciate the opportunity. And I uh, always enjoy trying to help our athletes and parents in this process, which, as you mentioned, can be so challenging. Well, I just mentioned negative recruiting outcomes, and that's a term that I'm not sure everybody knows exactly what that means. Can you just define in a few words, George, what, so we're all on the same page as to what that means and some of the numbers you, you've culled from the NCAA? Yeah, you mentioned the NCAA study. We've actually done our own analyses for our various clients, uh, high school and, and school district clients as well. 
the NCAA numbers indicate that uh, 37% of all uh, college athletes end up transferring and over 30% end up, as you mentioned, dropping their sport. So in effect, you sort of have a 50% failure rate uh, relative to athletes' uh, college choices. And well, let me there's a lot of reasons. George, uh, let me stop that. you right there. Those numbers are quite uh, sobering. 37% of college athletes transfer to another school and 30% drop out of, of their sport. I mean, you're talking about every one of those kids who came into that college came there thinking, well, I'm going to be a, on the team. I'm going to be a starter. I'm going to be a productive athlete. This is why I chose this college. And now you're telling me that, you know, <laughs> a third of these kids are just going to end up um, doing something else or going someplace else. I and mean, that's these are these are sobering numbers. Yeah, it is disturbing, and, and I don't think parents uh, and athletes realize that uh, they're really caused by a lack of really true due diligence in the process. Um, an, an athlete typically sort of gets pushed out of the typical guidance process at their school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a number of schools have Naviance, for example, which is a career and college guidance platform, but they don't have an athlete component to it. So recruitable athletes are kind of considered different or special. So they sort of end up in this limbo. And typically they end up choosing a school based on a coach that kind of happens to show up to recruit them. Um, or they sort of send out thousands of emails, which happens actually in a lot of cases. And, so, you know, some of them might stick and they end up choosing a school. And that process is very random with very little due diligence. So, you know, anyone that does numbers work can tell you that a random process is going to have random results, which is why you have the numbers that we're, we're talking about. Yeah, but I, 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 I mean, the fact is, if a kid has had a, a very good or terrific high school career and, and uh, he or she is looking to continue to play in college, uh, I mean, you said they, they do their own marketing, they're doing their own video highlights, perhaps, whatever. But, but the fact is we're talking college tuition, no matter where you go to school, is very, very expensive. Um, and, and, of course, the college coaches have all the leverage. You know, they're not going to necessarily promise a kid or say, oh, if you come here, I'll, I'll give you a, a big chunk of change as a scholarship. So uh, are we really led to believe that so many of these kids are just showing up on campus randomly and saying, well, yeah, I thought I'd be um, – a member of the team here, but it's just not going to work out, and I'll transfer out. I mean, that, that these are talking about a third of all these high school athletes going into college. That's, as I said, that's just astounding. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to uh, kind of mislead you there. It's not as if they're showing up randomly. They actually are recruited by the coaches. Yeah, at, but my point at, is that if they're recruited the walk-ons or whatever, they're not, these are not the kids who right. are getting full scholarships for basketball or football. These are kids like, yeah, we want to have you here. Come on in. I mean, so they're sort of being – I guess the word I'm looking for is sort of quasi-misled by the college coaches. Is that fair to say? Uh, I wouldn't say they're, they're being misled. I think in most cases, um, you know, college coaches, I have a very high opinion of them. <laughs> Actually, a former college coach myself. Of so course. Uh, kind of indicting myself um, <laughs> going down that road. But, um, you know, the, the, the college coaches truly do have interest in, in those students uh, in most cases. Um, you know, you even have a very high transfer rate at, you know, high division one, like top 200 athletes 
uh, are transferring at those rates too. So it's kind of across the board. Um, but again, it gets back to the fact that the athletes and the parents um, don't really engage in a very deep process when they're selecting schools. Um, you know, they sort of are somewhat flattered that they are recruited. And when a school sort of catches their fancy and they commit to it, they really haven't dug very deeply into that school. I mean, there's been situations where athletes have committed to schools and they get to school and, sh- and show up and the school doesn't even have the major that they're interested in. So that seems like an extreme example, but it's not atypical. And our numbers across the board, you know, show that that failure rate is, of the process is pretty consistent across so- all sports. So what exactly, now we're talking with George White, who's the president and founder uh, of uh, Recruit U. Tell me, tell me what Recruit U does, tell our audience, and, and um, you know, why you felt compelled to, to even create it. Well, I, I recognize this problem, and uh, you, you know, I do obviously have a strong allegiance to college athletes and also uh, high school athletes to ensure they end up in the right place. So essentially what we do is we have uh, athletes evaluated in their sport by a college-level coach in that sport to determine not just their level of play, excuse me, but intuitive issues like um, style of play, um, whether they've recruited that position. And then we also excuse me, interview the, the, the student athlete to identify their areas of interest, um, whether it be size of school, location, major, career choice, as well as review their academic information, their transcript, their SAT scores. And then we mesh that together with the database that we built um, that includes every four-year college in the country. Uh, It has data not just on their uh, sort of characteristics relative to admissions and location, size of school, but also we went in and input and rated every sport. So we we mesh that and and, uh, obtained a short list, six, eight, ten schools that match sort of that athlete's profile, and then the college coach that evaluates them even further tweaks it based on intuitive knowledge of issues that kind of, you know, hard data might not factor in. But the point is to give them a short list of schools that they can really focus on. It's really, as I said, a matching process. Yeah, so that's... we kind of do all that due diligence on the front end for them. All right, let me stop you there. We're talking with George White, and we're getting down to the, the, the secret sauce, if you will, of, of Recruit You. And as you just heard George say, they sort of act as a matching program to basically take high school student-athletes who want to play in college and then try to find a list of six or eight schools that would be a good match for them. I think a key in this, and, and uh, obviously I'm going to ask uh, George when we come back from a, from a few commercial messages and the update this morning, I'm going to ask him how they actually do this and how do they evaluate the kids and so on and so forth. So uh, we'll take a short break. When I return, we'll continue my conversation with George White. Stay with me. And hey, welcome back to the Sports Edge. Uh, we're talking this morning with George White, uh, who runs a firm called Recruit You that helps the sports parents and their, their athletes uh, to really refine their choice of college sports programs. And, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show. It is so essential after you've gone through a whole process of trying to figure out, you know, where your youngster, your son or daughter might want to play college sports, what's a good fit for them. And, and you know, the well, the first question is, of course, and this is where, unfortunately, a lot of kids and their parents sort of missed the boat, is my kid good enough to play at a Division One program? Division two, 
uh, or Division III. And, and, and George, I, I know this is a critical part of what Recruit U does as their matching program. You, you, you really, I gather, you look at game films uh, of, of the kids, uh, your clients, as they come on to see just where they stack up or how they compare? Yeah, so we basically do what a lot of college coaches would do when they're evaluating an athlete relative to the level of play and if they can actually fit in that coach's particular school. So we uh, do extensive video review, and it's not based on highlights because college coaches really don't recruit based on highlights. Um, we, look, we look at full games. Um, obviously, in certain sports like track and field or golf, it's, it's a little bit different, but mm-hmm. we, it's still very video-based. Um, and then we identify their level of play from high D1 to low D3. Um, and then we break them down actually in their sport. We also leverage that video platform we have that, uh, to um, include clips in our evaluation that demonstrates the points that we're making relative to that athlete's uh, specific skills uh, in their sport. Mm-hmm. Now, you just mentioned something very curious. You said that uh, most college coaches – and I guess perhaps this is common sense, but they don't look at video highlight reels, things that have obviously been edited and spliced together to show a kid uh, just like uh, his or her best plays. I mean, you actually look at the entire game. Is that correct? Yeah. So as you know, college coaching is a very tenuous profession. I can <laughs> speak from experience. Um, so a college coach can't afford to base his evaluation of an athlete on on highlights because it may be the only six, eight, or ten good plays an athlete has had in his entire career. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. a college coach kind of wants to get a broader view of an athlete, and particularly in in, in certain sports like basketball or lacrosse, where you really see need to see the athlete, you know, um, both uh, offensively, defensively, effort level. Are they coachable? Um, how they handle adversity. You know, all those things come through on a full-game video that you wouldn't see on a highlight. Oh, absolutely. I think it, that's essential, as you said. You know, looking at uh, pressure situations, uh, you know, does a kid hustle back on defense, uh, all these kind of things. So, all right, so basically a, a, a youngster has signed up with Recruit U, um, and, and they fill out all the forms, and they've sent you their, their game films, so to speak, now your, your, your crew or your staff, whatever, uh, looks at the films, and then they come back to the parents and the kid and say, okay, here's where we think these are the six or eight schools that we think your youngster is not a good shot of getting into, but also has a good chance of actually playing on the team. Now, I have to assume, George, that, that some parents are going to say, well, wait a minute now, you're, my kid is a superstar in high school, and he should be going to Division One schools, and you're saying he should go to D3. How does that play out? How does that work? Yeah, it, it can be a real reality check, which actually I think is one of our best value propositions because um, they're actually evaluated, as I mentioned, by a college coach in their sports. We have a network of coaches throughout the country that do this for us. We created a, a, pro, a platform that they can just log into and do this evaluation process. But, you know, when you tell the parent that, look, this is coming from a college-level coach, so you know, they, they tend not to, at the end of that discussion, really push back because it's kind of coming from the horse's mouth. Um, and, you know, they typically don't have the perspective to really make that, that call. Um, and it's also unfair to the athlete to, um, you know, kind of blow smoke at them and tell them they're at a higher level than they actually are because, again, that that's probably not going to work out for them if, if we're identifying schools that are above their level. 
Um, again, it's all about the outcome. We want to ensure a positive outcome for them, both on the field of play and off. Yeah, I think that's, again, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because if, if the ultimate goal is to have a positive outcome, meaning that the kid's going to go to a college that he or she really wants to go to and can play at that level, uh, of course, there's nothing guaranteed in life, but at least you know they have a better shot of, as opposed to saying, well, uh, I've always dreamed of playing D1, uh, so I'll go there and either just get cut from the team or sit in the bench. It's just, it's just not a good situation. In fact, let me... One of the factors, too, I'm sure you take into consideration when you talk to the parents is that most kids, most parents don't know that when you go to a Division I program, no matter what the sport may be, I mean, this is like a full-time job. I mean, the school becomes, sure, you have to go to class and, and get your grades up, but you play D1 in this country, you're, you're you know, in effect, the, the coach sort of owns your, owns your time. And I don't know if kids understand how much of a commitment that is. Yeah, it's really pretty much a full-time job year-round for Division One athletes these days and pretty much every sport because, you know, they show up in the fall, they have preseason conditioning, weight work, speed agility work with their conditioning coach. Um, they get into their other season, um, you know, and then obviously it's full-on then between practice and travel to games and game preparation. And then in the off season, they're kind of back in the hands of their their uh, strength and conditioning coaches, again doing uh, work on their their bodies, you know, to improve athletically, strength wise. Um, and then also in certain sports, the coaches are allowed to work with them skills wise. Again, this is all off season, and then typically they're kind of locked into summer school where the strength and conditioning work with that coach continues through the summer. So. They really don't have a whole lot of time um, or ability to do much outside of their sport and, and, and their, you know, schoolwork in terms of their direct coursework. And, and a lot of athletes don't realize that going in. And that's actually part of the interview process that we undergo to help determine whether they're actually someone that really wants to make that commitment or if they want to do other things and have a more diverse college life. If that's the case, we'll kind of drop them down a level uh, where they can have that experience. Again, it's about creating a situation where they're going to have a fulfilling experience based on their interests, not on, you know, being locked into uh, a sport situation that they really don't have any control over. Yeah, I, I, I can't, uh, having, you know, coached uh, college baseball for a decade, I can't, Im- I just think this is such an essential service. And, and, and uh, friends, before I forget again, uh, if you want to make contact with Recruit U, and again, that's Recruit, the capital letter U. Now, the website is RecruitUapp.com, and the email is uh, simply marketing at RecruitUapp.com. Again, RecruitUapp.com is the website, and you can reach out uh, via email at marketing at RecruitUapp.com. George, I have to ask you, of course, you guys obviously charge your fee for this. What, what's the standard fee for, for a youngster and to go through the process? Uh, we typically charge uh, $650 for this. Uh, it includes, you know, it's like a pro-level scouting report. It's all web-based, so uh, we forward it through a link to the athlete. Um, and then we do a follow-up with a full game plan upon which they can utilize to connect with the colleges that we identify. And then we're kind of there for questions that always come up down the road. We, we also work with schools, uh, prep schools, high schools, um, school districts, 
And we do offer them actually a bit of a discount because it's typically a volume situation, but that's really how our, our pricing structure works. And, and you also, you have some sort of guidebook that you give to the student athletes or their parents as well? Yeah, the follow-on to the evaluation is we, we do review it with them, with the parent and the athlete over the phone. It's yep. typically a half-hour longer conversation. Um, but our kind of phase one recruiting follow-on is 11 pages, so it's very extensive and walks them through how they uh, really self-market themselves. Because recruiting, unless you're a top 200 athlete in your sport, is really a self-marketing process, and particularly targeting the schools that we mentioned, you know, make sure you, you attend their, their uh, prospect or elite camps because even if they've never seen you play, um, they're going to be watching you, coaching you in those camps. So it just really, uh, as I said, intuitive things like that that parents and athletes might not be aware of um, in terms of what really works and what doesn't work for that matter. Yeah, I, I, I again, I, I, I caution uh, parents all the time uh, that, you know, they, they sometimes – Obviously, understandably, they're very quite proud of their youngster, and even if their youngster is really a top athlete within their area, I mean, if the, the the kid might be all league or all county or even all state. Uh, the fact is, <laughs> parents have to understand. Well, there are fifty states, and there are literally thousands and thousands of counties within the United States, and a lot of cities. A lot of kids are all sharing this dream, and and as you mentioned, the the top D one programs. Uh, even the, the, the mid-major D1 programs, they, they can pick and choose who they want uh, for their sport. So then the question is, okay, where does your kid stack up uh, uh, along the way compared to the other athletes, their peer group? And and certainly what Recruit U does is, as you say, it's maybe a reality check for these kids and say, look, we, we think you're a terrific athlete. That's not in question here. But we think you're going to probably be a good fit for a D3 program uh, here's a school that, uh, you know, you, you said in your checklist, you, you like to go to some school, which is a rural or in a city. This is a good program for you. And we think you have a good shot at making the team there and playing there. And I think that's, you know, again, it's, it's a reality check. Simple as that. Yeah, Rick, you know, we think it's important to flip the paradigm that you just mentioned, instead of allowing the colleges and the coaches to control the process, we, create a process where the athlete and the parents control it by basically identifying the schools that, you know, you want to be recruited by. That, yep. And in, in essence, you will recruit the schools because they're the best fit for you. So um, obviously the other, you know, the way it traditionally works is not working. And, uh, you know, we think it's important to uh, take the approach that we do. Well, George, I got to tell you, I think it's a splendid idea, and I, I'm, I'm glad you just uh, said it so eloquently that, yeah, you flipped around the paradigm and said, look, we want the parents and the kids to control the process, not not the college coaches, who obviously have different priorities in mind than, than the students they're, they're trying to recruit. Again, uh, the, the, the company is called Recruit U. That's recruit, letter U. Uh, the website is recruituapp.com, and you can reach out through marketing at recruituapp.com. Uh, George White, thank you for spending some time with me this morning to talk about this. Uh, I think it's an important service, and hopefully uh, people will pay attention to it and uh, give it a shot. Uh, thanks for the time, Rick. I really enjoyed it, and uh, anytime you need more input, uh, don't hesitate. Terrific. Hey, thank you, George. Talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Uh, after uh, the update, I'm going to come back with some comments. Make sure you stay with me. Radio.com. Radio. 
Hey, don't forget, uh, it's a Football Sunday with Mark Malusis and Dave Deal. And, of course, that follows the Sports Edge at 9 o'clock this morning. And I mentioned uh, the other day uh, a, a very important uh, panel discussion that I want to tell you more about. It's uh, going to take place on Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock on October 24th over at uh, Montclair State University's School of Communications and Media. I'm going to be hosting, a, as I said, a very important panel discussion on the impact of social media on youth and amateur sports and what all parents, coaches, and athletes really need to know. Now, look, if you have a youngster who plays sports and is involved in any way with Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter, then I really strongly urge you and your youngster to attend this seminar. I mean, we're... We're not just going to point out the problem and say, yeah, we got kids, you know, they're online and they're, they're, they cause issues. No, we know all that. We've talked about this on the show several times. In this particular symposium, we're going to go deep into this issue and discuss all the implications and repercussions of social media and what it means to our kids today who play sports. And to do that, we've assembled a, a, a number of experts in this area from the world of sports we're going to talk uh, about the legal aspects of a kid posting stuff online or uh, in cyberspace that can come back to haunt them. We're going to talk to current college coaches and their attitude and approach towards recruits who use social media. We're going to talk to high school athletic directors who have to deal with kids about this issue and how they deal with punishment. I mean, again, social media, as I mentioned, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, these things really weren't an issue a decade ago, but they sure are now. And, and again, every day, every day we read about some other ball player or some other athlete who's posted something silly and then they have to post or publicly apologize. It, it's just a, a lose-lose situation. And, you know, it, it's, it's just something that the time has come to talk about. And again, this particular seminar, it's going to be a, a memorable event. Admission is free thanks to the uh, generosity of Investors Bank, uh, Montclair State University, and the New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic Association. Again, Wednesday night, October 24th at Montclair State at 7 o'clock. I, I just can't think of a more important topic in youth and amateur sports today. I mean, look, high school athletes are losing scholarships because of stupid postings, uh, kids posting cruel comments online, which leads to bullying, kids losing job opportunities, and, and so much more. In fact, we're going to call this the special presentation, the post game. <laughs> that gets pretty clever, the post game. Uh, and just look, a few more comments about the whole idea of the rise and impact of social media, because it's so readily available, and because our kids, well, quite literally, they've grown up with it. I mean, hardly a day goes by that we don't, as I said, read or hear about something being outrageous that's posted, and it just causes all sorts of terrible fallout. And again, for athletic directors or coaches, yes, we know, of course, you're meeting with your athletes in, in preseasons and saying, look, I don't want you to do this. There's no need to have a phone uh, in a locker room or at halftime, whatever. Yet the problem is this continues. It just keeps going and keeps going. Uh, what do you do? How do you punish them? What do you do, if anything? We know that certain college coaches uh, tell their players cell phones are banned, banned for the entire season. But it's hard to do that at the youth level. 
you know, parents are obviously trying to figure this out. How do they get their kids to think ahead? How do they get the kids to think what are the implications and complications by doing things online? Uh, again, this is a whole new world that didn't wasn't a concern 10 years ago, but for some reason it continues to just spiral out of control more and more. In fact, there was an article just last week in the Washington Post where the kids were asked about social media issues and concerns, and uh, most of the kids that were talked to, they said, we don't see this as a problem at all. And that's a concern because the kids are either too young or too naive to understand what they're doing and how this could come back to, to bite them in the years ahead. Uh, you know, they just feel that their opinions, uh, when they post stuff, either it's no big deal or that their close friends and buddies will instantly recognize that they're just trying to be funny or that nobody takes the comments seriously. And, of course, that's just not the way it works. This is backwards thinking. It's also, quite frankly, a formula for disaster. And, again, at this special presentation on October 24th at Montclair State, we're going to review dozens of social media postings that have resulted in real mishaps. Uh, And I, I guarantee you, when you hear the litany of bad endings from all over the country, it will stun and shock you. But, again... We just don't seem to know how to get kids to pay attention to this very vital message. Uh, we can't seem to get them to think ahead before they post stuff. And, and it's become like a, an instinctive reflexive action, and we have to stop that. All right, moving on very quickly. Remember the other day we were talking about whether kids have today have fun in sports? Well, I, we got a lot of response to that, and I, I want to come back and just put a, a couple of more thoughts on that. First of all, Let me give you a real-world example of what I was discussing, meaning that kids today, they don't really play for themselves. They're playing to please mom and dad. And what I mean is when when a youngster sees their parents on the sidelines at a soccer game or a Little League game or basketball game, and they see mom and dad screaming and yelling, and they're yelling, hey, you know, do this or do that or pass the ball or make that shot, do you really think that kind of behavior makes it fun for the youngster? I mean, kids learn to realize early on in their years that this kind of activity, this kind of shouting from mom and dad or the coach on the sideline, it's not about having fun or it's not about having a good time with one's friends, but rather it's a kind of ongoing test or an examination to see just how athletically talented that kid is. And the kid instinctively begins to, to sense that he or she is fully expected to perform at a very high level and do so flawlessly and do it all the time. There's no, there's no chance to, for a kid to just relax, to goof off on the field, to, to do things that kids do when they're 8 or 9 or 10 or 12 years old. That's all been flushed away because parents and the coaches want to see the kids perform at the highest level. Now, i got to tell you, yeah, that doesn't sound like the kind of fun I had when I was growing up, and it probably wasn't that way for you either. I mean, having, again, we know parents and coaches have only the best in mind for the youngsters, but when kids are exposed to this kind of behavior, this, 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 this uh, sideline shouting and screaming, and even if it's encouraging, the fact is the kids sense that, nah, this is not fun, this is an expectation that I'm supposed to live up to. And for them, for them, and again, they're young kids, this is how organized sports are now presented to them and their world. They know of no other way 
to play sports. To them, this is the way it's supposed to be. The bottom line, I tell you, as grown-ups, we should know better and we have to do better. Yet for some reason, we still continue to let this kind of behavior continue. And honestly, it's going to have to stop because as the numbers continue to show that kids begin to walk away from sports around the age of 12 and 13, and I keep getting reports from from various listeners that they're seeing fewer kids going out for high school sports, I still attribute a lot of this to the fact that the kids today, when they're growing up, realize it's not about just going out and playing with one's friends and peers in a totally carefree, relaxed atmosphere. When you take that field, you become a gladiator, and you better perform at the highest level in order to please mom, dad, or the coach. And I got to tell you, that doesn't sound like a really pleasant way for kids to grow up. And again, that's why I say I have a sense that the idea of, of fun is gradually being squeezed out of our kids' lives, and that's a real shame. All right, stay with me. I'll be back with more. Okay, that's going to do it for me and this edition of the Sports Edge. Uh, I thought we covered some important ground today, not only from the, uh, the one end in terms of high school student-athletes looking to get the proper fit when they go off to college and making sure they really have a reality check. And that's the term that uh, George White uh, was using, a reality check to make sure they go into a program where they're going to have a good shot at not only making the team, but also going to enjoy the right kind of college for their needs. And the second thing at the other end, the beginning group, you know, we got to let the kids have fun. We just can't sort of make it into uh, an ongoing, constant uh, performance. The kids have to play at the highest levels and always pay attention and, and not goof off. That's not, that's not conducive uh, to having kids who will become uh, healthy and productive as they grow up through sports. And, of course, the passion is squeezed out of their fun. Okay, that's going to do it for me. My thanks this morning to Tom Lugauer. Please stick around for Football Sunday. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.